Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello, and once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, serving the New York City metropolitan area. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you could have access to all of our station's content. And, of course, follow Joe and I wherever you find us on uh, social media, primarily on YouTube at the Frontline TV or on our website at thefrontlinetv.com. And today we are, Joe and I are very pleased and honored to be welcoming to the program for the first time, uh, His Excellency Bishop Athanasius Snyder. We uh, we're going to be talking about his most recent book, which is published. Correct me if I'm wrong, Your Excellency Sophia Institute Press, correct? Yes. Excellent. And the, the book's title is The Catholic Mass. Steps to Restore the Centrality of God in the Liturgy. So this is going to be a great conversation. Of course, this is going to be a very informative conversation. Now, many of you out there at our, in our listening audience know who Bishop Athanasius Schneider is. Having said that, a very brief int- introduction. Uh, he was born in 1961 in Kyrgyzstan to a German family, baptized with the name Antonius. In 1973, the family immigrated to Germany. He joined the Order of Canons, regular of the Holy Cross in Austria in 1982, and received the religious name Athanasius. He was ordained a priest in Brazil in 1990. Having earned a doctorate in patrology at the Augustinium in Rome, he was taught, he has taught since 1999 at the seminary in Karaganda, Kazakhstan. In 2006, he was ordained bishop in the Basilica of St. Peter in Rome and appointed titular bishop of Celerina and auxiliary bishop of Karaganda. From 2011 to the present, he has been auxiliary bishop of the Archdiocese of St. Mary in Astana, chairman of the liturgical commission and secretary general uh, of the conference of the Catholic bishops of Kazakhstan. Bishop Snyder is the author of two books on the Holy Eucharist, Dominus Est, It Is the Lord, and Corpus Christi and Holy Communion and the Renewal of the Church. Your Your Excellency, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. Thank you for your invitation. You're welcome. Your Excellency, uh, we always begin with the prayer because all good things start with the prayer, and this is a very good thing. Would you please lead us? Yes. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cielo et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et nenos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Amen. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Your Excellency, before we get into the book, I'd like to talk about your background. I find it honestly to be fascinating. Um, Your parents were German. You lived in Germany. You lived in Brazil. You were educated in Rome. And now you serve in Kazbekistan. I mean, it, it really is a broad background. And clearly, it had to have an effect on you in terms of how it formed you as a Catholic how you found your vocation, as well as your worldview. Could you speak a little bit about that? It is providence of God, uh, evidently, that all these uh, steps and and places of my life was directed by divine providence. And this, my experience in these different parts of the world where divine providence guided me, 
directed to me, not by my choice, all was directed by divine providence, is for me, shows me that the most important and what unites us all is the Catholic faith. So, uh, and I had this experience really of what does mean Catholic. Catholic means, as we know from the Greek, universal or em embracing all. Uh, this is Catholic. So, and therefore, uh, it is a very valuable experience for me that in all these places I could live and experience the, the fullness, the truth, the beauty of the Catholic faith, of the Catholic liturgy, of the Catholic life. And this is most important for our life and for our uh, current situation in the church. His Excellency Bishop, His Excellency Bishop Athanasius Snyder is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe going into the breach, discussing his new book, The Catholic Mass Steps to Restore the Centrality of God in the Liturgy. So let's uh, jump in, if you will, Your, uh, Your Excellency, and talk a little bit about the, the, the liturgy. Now, you've stated in your book, uh, clearly, I might add, that right now we're living through a period of liturgical exile. Now, I find that interesting the, the the way you phrase that so how would how would you describe that to our audience what is this period of liturgical exile and how, how do we how do we describe that uh, there have been uh, exiles in history uh, the first very known and famous was the babylonian exile of the people of god is israel and they had no more a uh, temple they had to abandon this, to go to exile. They had uh, only a, a, a simple form of worship in their place of exile, not more the, the solemn and beautiful forms in the Temple of Jerusalem as they had before. This is one experience of the people of God of exile related also to the liturgy. And then the other um, in the church history was the famous exile in Avignon, in France, when the papacy abandoned Rome. The center of the Christianity was abandoned. So, and they went to France simply, and Rome uh, fell in decay, uh, even uh, materially and so on. And then God uh, awakened uh, saints uh, to call back uh, the popes to come back to Rome to end the exile. It were the, the, the voices, as we know, especially of Saint Catherine of Siena and of Saint Bridget of Sweden. They, Saint Bridget, she lived in Rome and Saint Catherine in Siena, it's not so far from Rome. And so and thanks to these voices of the simple one, as these women were, uh, uh, ultimately uh, the popes returned to Rome. And again, uh, there was some Peter's Basilica was again uh, renewed and a life of piety. And then, uh, so, and this is an experience now in our day since decades, we have, as I call this, a liturgical exile. It means that we have, we have no more, uh, I mean, all over the world, generally speak, spoken, this uh, form of liturgy, which is more uh, uh, sacred, sublime, uh, which really gives us this feeling of, uh, that we are at home. Uh, when we enter a church to, in our days, we don't know which uh, surprises will be when we now uh, assist a mass in some parishes all over the world. We are exposed to some uh, subjectivisms and inventions uh, of the celebrant priest or the, or, or the community. And uh, then uh, oftentimes it's lacking the sacredness the atmosphere of uh, of the sublimity of the divine worship. Uh, 
and and these uh, and especially um, the veneration of our Lord in the Holy Eucharist is is diminished even during the the masses uh, so many in so many places especially because of the practice of communion in hand where the the small part. Uh, pieces of the holy host, the fragments are falling down oftentimes on the floor or sticking on the fingers and on the palm of the hands of the people. And, and so very much uh, exposed also to stealing hosts through this practice of communion in hand. This, no one can deny this. This is proven. It is evident. And this is for me our deepest wound. So this centrality of the veneration of, of the care and of security towards the holy host, this is not the holy host only, this is our Lord with his all inspeakable holiness, mm -hmm. divinity, love. And this is trampled so often by, um, by the feet. And so this I call a phenomenon, which to my, in my opinion, we can call a liturgical exile. And so we, are, we need voices to, uh, to remind, remind the Pope, those in Rome responsible who allowed uh, these forms and who do not intervene uh, to bring back uh, this greatness of our Lord in the liturgy, in the Eucharist. Thank you sure. for that, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello. We are discussing his new book available at Sophia Institute Press, The Catholic Mass, Steps to Restore the Centrality of God in the Liturgy. Joe Racinello. As you went through that litany, I, I would agree with you 100%. And what I don't understand, and we talked to a lot of people on our show, Your Excellency, um, many authors, many academics. I mean, I cannot claim to be an academic, but I am fairly well read in our faith. I don't understand how it cannot be followed because it's written down. I understand the sinfulness of man. I, 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 I am a sinner and I understand it, but it's all written down and there's an authority structure. And as a person, a regular person, my family immigrated from Italy. We were simple people. My father was a barber. I was educated. But at the same time, all you have to do is read and you see it. I don't understand how it's not implemented. If you could talk to that a little bit, because it boggles my mind. Well, this is uh, also a very sad phenomenon this, um, that so many priests are so careless in celebrating the Holy Mass and not observing the rules. Um, this is a lack of education in the priestly seminary, to my opinion. That is one of the, of the reasons of the roots of this phenomenon, and this is one and a lacking of also of personal faith towards the Eucharist. When you, when you have a deep Catholic faith as a priest, you cannot behave yourself like a showman during the Holy Mass. You cannot simply disregard the liturgical norms and the rubrics. When you have a deep love and faith and reverence for the Lord, and when this is an indication of these priests who behave themselves like as if they are the owners of the liturgy and like showmen, as I repeat this, is truly, and to present themselves no? In, instead of to be humble and to really uh, to be modest and not, not show their own personality. So there, are, there is a, a song or a phrase in a psalm 113, which I so much uh, like, and which is uh, in the Vesper uh, Psalms of Sunday evening. And there is, there is uh, this phrase is uh, in Latin, non nobis domine non nobis, set nomine tuo da gloriam. It means not to us, not to us, O oh Lord, 
but to your name give glory. And this is the problem today with this priest. And we, when one can uh, observe their behavior in the liturgy sometimes, when they are behaving themselves uh, as showmen and changing the things all this, all the way, then uh, one should, uh, should change these words of the psalm and say, to us, O Lord, to us and to our name, give glory. This is uh, so we can describe so many celebrations of Holy Masses today in so many places where you know, the celebrant or the community starts to make a show right. and not a, a real uh, adoration to fall down on their knees in, in love, in humility, and to make an atmosphere of really prayer contemplation, silence, and praise of God. And, and the centrality of Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist during the Mass, to be turned towards him, even in our bodily behavior and gestures, towards the Lord, to, to make him great and the center. So, and but as you, there is not only this reason that these priests have a, a deficient formation in seminary or a personal deficient faith and love for the Eucharist, but also an objective lack of laws which will protect our Lord. This is from Rome. So the permission to give Holy Communion in hand, this is evident has to be withdrawn from Rome. Rome pro, uh, gave this permission. This is also a, a, an objective lack of uh, a strict law to protect our Lord. So Rome and the Pope, have, they have to intervene with more concrete um, norms to protect what is most sacred and holy for us, the, our treasure in the Church. Your Excellency Bishop Athanasius Schneider is joining Joe and I at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Rasinello, and we are discussing his recent book uh, available at Sophia Institute Press, The Catholic Mass, Steps to Restore the Centrality of God in the Liturgy. Um, Your Excellency, let me ask you this. Joe and I go out of our way. We do not want to come across as judgmental. We don't. Some people just don't know. Your Excellency, some people just don't know. But you mentioned earlier like it seemed like you were talking about the let's call it narcissism okay of the of the the priest but there's also a narcissism that occurs amongst the laity too that you hear and to me i, I go to novus ordo mass i go to latin mass to me the church says that the novus ordo mass is acceptable and i i listen to the church as joe Rasinello always tries to say we ought to listen to the church so i have no problem with either one what i do find your excellency and please i'd love for you to address this or what maybe we could do about this there's a narcissism on the part of the laity also i don't want to be treated like a child and have the priest feed me talking about the eucharist and the and, and uh, on the tongue um, I don't want the priest looking away from me. And the, to which my response is, would you prefer that the priest turns his back on Jesus? You know, because again, I try to be understanding, but you hear some of the most inane things. And how do we address this? To, 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 to let people know, to emphasize to people, the mass is not about you. The mass is about Jesus Christ. Exactly. I am agreeing with you completely. And thank you for this observation, which you did. Uh, this is exactly the problem that uh, people are, do, uh, are not knowing, I think. There is a lack of knowledge. What is Holy Mass? What is Eucharist? And so here uh, comes to my mind um, the expression of our Lord in the Gospel of John, uh, which he said to the Samaritan woman, if you knew the gift of God, so we have to tell to these lay people, if you knew what great, unspeakable is the Holy Mass, what great and divine and holy is the little host where is hidden the immense divinity and 
sacredness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you know, you knew, you will instinctively fall down on your knees. You will open your mouth like a child, like the, the humble sinner in the temple behind there. You will not be like the Pharisee in the first row and say, I have a right, I have this. You will strike your breast like the sinner. And then you will hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are justified by me. Continue to be humble and I will, I will give you abundant graces of salvation of joy, of wisdom in faith. And so if you knew what is the Holy Mass, this is substantial, the sacrifice of Golgotha. It's not a gathering simply. We are gathering like the Protestant communities. No, we are not doing simply an assembly. This you can do after the Mass in the parish hall or, or in a Bible meeting, even Catholics, why not? Or, but you are doing the Holy Mass really spiritually, but really at the Golgotha. And so before your eyes is Christ sacrificing himself and dying in, in a mystical way, but his presence is real. The Golgotha sacrifice is real at the altar. So, thank you for, thank you for you, that, Bishop Athanasius you, you, you will have the desire not to to look continuously upon the face of the priest, you will say, Father, please let us turn together to the cross because we are, uh, we are assisting at really substantially at the sacrifice of our salvation at the open heaven also. Thank well, you I, that, I think at the root of it is there's a lack of understanding I, I, in America, I don't know if you're aware of this poll. It was a Pew Research poll. Only 30% of the baptized Catholics believe in the true presence of the Eucharist. This was Pew is a fairly uh, respected poll that was taken. People don't know that there is that is Jesus on the altar. Most people. I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. I mean, I was educated in Catholic schools. I truly didn't come into that understanding until I was an adult through adoration. And I think that is the solution. I think adoration, which has become more uh, seen in America, where people will sit before the Lord and their hearts will be moved and their minds and their hearts will become one in that reality. But until then, I, 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 there will always be this divide. Talk about the need for adoration, because truly, I believe, Your Excellency, if you sit before the Lord and you say, I don't believe that that's you, but I want to, help me, he will, and he'll show you. And that then changes everything. That's the game changer. Of course, we have to promote uh, the Eucharistic adoration, and this will uh, lead these people deeper to, to believe, to know the unspeakable holiness and greatness of the Eucharist, of this little host before uh, whom you are kneeling. It's better to say to kneel before the Lord to kneel down, really, and to, to realize uh, here is the Lord. Here is a piece of heaven already. So I can go there. I can, I can adore the Lord. I'm, I'm so happy that I can do this and repeat. I believe like um, the saints, like this beautiful prayer which the angel gave in Fatima to the children, you know, who said, my Lord, I believe, I adore, I hope, I love you. I, I ask your pardon for all those who do not believe in you here in the Eucharist, who do not love you and do not adore you and so on. So repeat this simple prayer oftentimes. This will help you 
or to read uh, a beautiful uh, meditation on the Eucharist from the saints. There are so many treasures in our Catholic Church. Why not to take a beautiful meditation? I would very much recommend for people who go to adoration the, uh, the meditations of the Eucharist of the Saint Peter Julian Aymar. He was a great apostle of the Eucharist in France in the 19th century, and they are available also in English, uh, his uh, small booklets on the meditations of the Eucharist, for example, or other saints. Uh, in, there are many other possibilities, but I will recommend uh, very much in every parish, uh, Eucharistic adoration during the day, and when possible, even during the night, you, a perpetual adoration. Also, in, this, in the sense of due reparation for all the sacrileges which are committed against our Lord, to, to, um, to console him, to love him. This is very important in our days, to, to start these adorations of reparation and atonement. I, I would agree. Another, I think, thing that we can do, I'm speaking for the American church. I don't have, like, obviously the, the, the wide breadth of knowledge of the universal church because I do live here, um, is the need for confession. This is something that is not stressed. I, my wife and I, my wife is of Haitian descent. I'm of Italian descent. We go to a Polish church because they're very faithful, and this priest would have confession before every mass confession and our hearts it's like saint paul our eyes are blind we don't receive the grace and and it comes down to that i i don't think people are going to confession regularly the need for confession to grow in virtue um it's not there it, and again this is not me being judgmental cuz i go to confession twice a month i mean but i have eyes and i don't see the lines but the lines are on receiving our lord every sunday speak to that need because that will open people's eyes as saint paul's eyes were open exactly thank you for this observation it's so important the link between the sacrament of penance and the eucharist is inseparable because uh, they, when I repeat, when you knew what is the Holy Eucharist, is there is the immense holiness of the Lord, and you believe in this, then you have the instinctive desire to purify your soul, even if by God's grace you are not living, a, let us say, a sinful lifestyle or mortal sins and so on, but even though we are not angels, we are not saints, otherwise we will be Pharisees. No? We, we have our defects uh, daily, and we have to recognize in humility before the Lord uh, and his representative that I am a sinner, and I beg your pardon, please cleanse my soul with your precious blood. So the, what is the holy confession? This is a sacrament where Christ is cleansing, purifying your soul with his precious blood. It is a kind of second baptism in, in a certain way. The church fathers uh, said a kind of second baptism, not literally, of course, but a kind. So, and therefore, have a, a very much esteem of this sacrament. And then this is always a practice of humility. Every confession, when you are doing well, a confession, it's a practice of humility. And to the humble ones, God gives graces. And when you are confessing very rarely, your, your conscience, you are losing this, this to be sensitive uh, to the Lord. So it, it is dangerous that you are becoming a kind of even implicitly a Pharisee. So you are considering yourself not necessary uh, to be cleansed. 
His Excellency Bishop Athanasius Snyder joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. I apologize. Your Excellency, we're going to take a little break. Okay, uh, we're going to come right back. We are discussing uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder's new book, um, The Catholic Mass, Steps to Restore the Centrality of God in the Liturgy. You're listening to us on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Listen to all five of our original Veritas shows. Every Wednesday at noon, you can catch Let Me Be Frank, where Bishop Frank Caggiano talks about spirituality, church news, and fun stories from his Brooklyn childhood and his life. You can hear The Frontline with Joe and Joe every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. Their guests include the biggest names in the Catholic world, and Joe and Joe talks to them from the perspective of the everyday Catholic. Thursday nights at 8 o'clock, tune in for the only late-night talk show on Catholic media anywhere. It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. And at noon on Friday is Restless. It's four millennials talking about, well, life as millennials in today's crazy world. Yes, it's possible to be young and Catholic. Right after that, at 12.30, you can hear the Focus on Veritas, where we put the focus on good works and the good people doing those works. Those are the five Veritas shows, and there's more on the way. Stay up to date at VeritasCatholic.com or on the mobile app. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Rasinello. We're way, way, way in the breach with Bishop Athanasius Snyder. We are discussing his new book, The Catholic Mass, Steps to Restore the Centrality of God in the Liturgy. That's available at Sophia Institute Press. With that, Joe Rasinello, I, you might, I cut, uh, I cut His Excellency off. I don't know if you want to continue uh, with uh, confession, but Joe, you take it wherever you want. No, I think it's a, to continue with that. I mean, I could just relate it to myself as as a, a husband. I'm a father of five. How my like just being a father humbles you. I mean, like you, you the limits of your patience. You could lose your temper. We're all imperfect. I mean. But what I think of confession is not only are we forgiven, but God gives us to gr the grace to heal us so we improve, to grow in virtue. That's the goal. I mean, like, that is no longer taught. It's no longer practiced. We're not moving forward. I mean, in many parishes, they have confession for 45 minutes on, on Saturday. And then it's just an Advent and in Lent. I mean, we sin, like you said, every day. I mean, even when we try our best. And, and this is, I think, lost, at least in America. It has to be promoted. Exactly. Uh, I'm very agreeing with you. We have to promote. But this have to do the bishops and the priests. They have to promote this and to offer the possibility of confession and not only offer to preach about the meaning and the, the graces uh, of the confession, of a more frequent confession. And as you rightly observed, uh, the Holy Confession is a sacrament which is helping us to grow also in our Christian life, to be more sensitive, to have a more fine uh, conscience uh, so we, we are becoming more uh, aware of, of our sins, of our imperfections, and of the, uh, of the desires of the Lord. It is really a, a so helpful means of grace to improve us, to, to, to sanctify us. So the, the Second Vatican Council made this call, universal call to holiness. And they were speaking in the last decades of this. But what does this mean concretely to grow in holiness? You cannot grow without the sacraments. It is the first means to grow in holiness. And Eucharist is not sufficient without, uh, without the confession, the sacrament of confession. The communion will not help you to grow. It is uh, and on the contrary. 
when you are receiving regularly Holy Communion without a frequent practice of confession, your faith in the Eucharistic, in the Eucharist will weak, will be become weak. And so the Eucharist will become to you like a simple something like a custom. And so, but I think that, the, uh, for example, we have an example of the Orthodox Church. I'm living in Kazakhstan with the Orthodox, Russian Orthodox. And they, this church uh, kept uh, this strict link between the Eucharist and the sacrament of confession. So according to this, um, our, Christ, our brothers and sisters of the Russian Orthodox Church, every Holy Communion, for every Holy Communion, you have previously to confess. Independently, if you have uh, in your conscience uh, a mortal sin or not a mortal sin, it is simply a prescription. If you want to receive Holy Communion, you have necessarily before to, to go to Holy Confession. This is a law. And uh, of course, because of this law, their confession, their communions are not so frequently because this, uh, but we can learn, learn from these, our Orthodox brothers, this lesson to at least to increase in the Latin church, this practice. But I repeat, it has to be given a law of the church. Without the law, there is not so uh, possible to, to improve this situation. And the laws help, help us also, like the laws and norms of traffic and all that helps us simply when there is no law because we are inclined by our uh, human weakness because of consequence of, of the original sin. We are tending to easy to weaken all, all this the way. Mm. And therefore we need in our human weakness uh, laws which help us simply and so i would suggest for the for the church law which is lacking now for example uh, that those people who receive daily holy communion i think they should at least go to confession twice a month simply as a rule the church could establish this rule simply and this will be a help an orientation for both, for the faithful and for the priest, then the priest have to offer more confessions. Or for people who to, who go uh, weekly uh, uh, every Sunday to Holy Communion, I think they have to receive uh, at least once a month the Holy Confession. And so this would be already a, a very great help. And then I repeat to preach about the uh, the, the meaning and the advantages, spiritual advantages of the Holy Confession. Your Thank Excellency, you I, I mean, again, we talk to a lot of people, and many people are sincere. Um, someone who really, what he said resonated with me was Dr. Ralph Martin in America. He, he I think, was talking about what you are saying, uh, specifically about the spirit of Vatican II. And people, many people think to bring them in, let's bring them in, and then little by little, they'll get it, like on their own time, in their own accord. I think that's wrong. Ralph Martin, a man, very intelligent man, he said this very clearly, it doesn't work. And it hasn't worked for decades. Yet it continues. Many people, I give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they're sincere. I would just say you're sincerely wrong. Your idea of accompaniment is not correct. Talk about the idea of a proper accompaniment. Loving people as they are, but not lowering your standards. The missionaries of charity do that very well. I'm very familiar with them. Please speak to that because I think that's the way to lead them to God because the other way hasn't worked. It hasn't bore good fruit. Of course, the accompaniment, we have to do this as our Lord did, Jesus Christ. So always when he was with the sinners, uh, he said to them, 
go and do not sin more. So, and they, our Lord taught to abandon the sin. We know these expressions in the gospel. He said, if your eye is seducing you to sin, uh, you throw away, uh, uh, <clears throat> tear out your eye. Or when your hand is seducing you to a sin, cut, cut your hand. So it is very, it is in a very radical expression of our Lord for the sinners to abandon the sinful life. So, and therefore, this was always the, all the saints accompanied to the sinners with these advices to really to be very serious to make uh, with God's grace a fight, a battle against sin and to abandon the sinful circumstances. And then we have the expression in the, from the apostles, from the first Christians written in the letter to the Hebrews, you have not yet resisted to sin until blood, your blood. Imagine resistance to the sin until your blood, so to battle against the sin. This is apostolic language of the apostles, of the first Christians. So we have to return to this serious, because the greatest uh, uh, distress, unhappiness, is we have to say to these, our brothers and sisters in sinful situations, the greatest unhappiness is the sin. There is no greater distress and unhappiness in this life and this earth than the sin, uh, a conscious sin. So, and then all the sinful life. And therefore, we have to rescue, to help, of course, with patience, yes, with patience, but with, with clarity. So also like doctors, you know, uh, the priest, the church is also has uh, the, the, the task of a doctor of um, in, in medicine. So a good doctor will you accompany your your illness, your sickness with very strict advices. He will not yield to your uh, wishes. And sometimes the doctor thanks be to God that we had good doctors and strict and severe doctors who helped us to to cure. Otherwise, we would continue with our self-indulgences and were, uh, become uh, worse in our health. So this is the task of accompaniment, to bring them to the happiness of abandoning to offend God. As Our Lady in Fatima said, stop to sin, stop to offend God because he is already too much offended. So we have to show all these, uh, these moments to these people. What is sin? What is the beauty of living in the friendship with God in grace? And Jesus said, we have to be ready to lose all temporal advantages rather to damage our soul, our immortal soul, and to offend the immense love of God. You're listening to The Frontline with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello. We are way in the breach with Bishop Athanasius Snyder, and we are discussing his new book, The Catholic Mass, Steps to Restore the Centrality of God in the Liturgy. Um, Your Excellency, let me ask you this. Uh, Joe and I on our show, we're big proponents of, you know, there's a lot to yell about. There's a lot to get angry about out there, okay? Crumbling institutions, crumbling nations, sexual perversion, all of it. It makes it kind of go like this, <laughs> Your Excellency. You get, there's it's just a lot. Um, but the saints, Joe and I believe the saints, God is going to raise up saints. And we've had examples of that in the past. Padre Pio, John Vianney, they helped the faithful because we are of the belief, especially in America, it will be the faithful amongst the Catholics that are going to save our nation, okay? will help the faithful to enter into a profound spiritual experience during Mass. What are some of the, the ways in which uh, Padre Pio and St. John Vianney uh, went about that? 
these two saints exactly they have a famous to pro for, of promoting uh, the praxis of the confession exactly and and this is our truth with so many saints and good priests uh, stated um, this sign of the spiritual health and of a parish is the frequency of confessions. This is a sign of a living parish. So this parish is very alive in the eyes of God. Uh, the more this parish has the practice of confession, because this is a work of God. Uh, always we are confessing our weakness, and God is raising us again and helping us to grow. And so, and these two saints, they are demonstrated even until uh, giving all their their strengths and power which they had, physical and spiritual, all gave themselves for uh, hearing confessions at, at the limit of their forces. And this is a heroic example and uh, very important. We have to implore that God sends us our days also some new uh, Padre Pius or some new uh, send uh, VNAs and uh, at least to improve this practice of confession and also of Eucharist. Both saints were, were deep lovers of the Eucharist and defenders also and promoters. We know that uh, Saint John Maria Vianney he built a new beautiful altar inside altars for the Lord. He bought the most expensive paraments for the mass, really expensive. He, he was driving, and until now you can see in, in ours, in the, in the small museum of the parish house, the rectory where he lived, the, uh, behind the glass, this beautiful, precious uh, chasuble which he bought and he was using. And on the side, his old cassock. Uh, and then the phrase of him, such an old cassock is fitting well beneath a beautiful chasuble. So to give the honor to the Eucharistic Lord in the Mass, he bought all the beauty, the Saint Maria Vianney. And also Padre Pio, when you had observed how he celebrated Mass, people could not continue to be indifferent. When you presented him, he celebrated the Mass really as if he was on Golgotha. And this is, and no one after one assisted Mass with Padre Pio. In all his life, he will, he kept this uh, uh, holiness of the Mass and the greatness so we have and then of course we have to ask new the church will be renewed not only by priests but starting with families so in the families we need <clears throat> holy families uh, christian catholic families large families where the lord is in the center the eucharist is in the center the sunday mass is in the center the the faith and really the love for the Lord and for each uh, and for another. So we have to promote new Catholic families. And then we will have new good holy children. And then from these new Catholic families, we will have good holy priests. They will come out from good Catholic families. Thank you, you for that, Your Bishop Excellency. Ebenezer Snyder. You, you mentioned, you know, St. John Vianney and Padre Pio. The two virtues that stick out in my mind when I hear both of them is they were humble. Both of them came from humble stock. They were humble and they were obedient. I say this constantly, maybe because my patron saint is St. Joseph, a humble and obedient man. We must be obedient. There is too much hubris. Everyone thinks they know better. We don't know anything. 
God knows better. And I have seen this with my own eyes, with my own eyes. When we stick to the vine, we will bear fruit. I've said this on the show many times. I've learned that at 22 years old, my way does not work. That's not the way that many people think from the top to the bottom. We have to get back to that. Speak to the need to be obedient and to be humble. You know, this is the greatest example of our Lord and his greatest virtue because as we read in St. Paul, he, he was God and he humbled himself and became man and took the shape of a slave. Imagine a slave and was obedient, obedient until the death and the death on the cross. So this is the deepest humility and obedience of our Lord. And he said, my um, food is to do the will of the Father, not my will, so to obey. This is his food. This is his content of his life of our Lord, to be obedient, not to do his own will. And this is the greatest wound of our human nature uh, from the original sin in all of us. We are inclined to do our will, to, uh, to, to be so <clears throat> this inclination of our will, to be proud and so on. So this is uh, our wound. We have to heal. And our Lord healed this with his obedience, with his humility. And then his deepest humility is in the Eucharist that he humbled himself deeper even to be present uh, really under this small, uh, fragile uh, species of bread and that everyone can do with him what he wants. And this is happening in our churches, unfortunately. So this is also, when you look on the Holy Host, please uh, think, this is humility, the greatest humility of our God. And so we have to stress this example of our Lord, of his obedience and, and of his humility. And then we have to bear in mind the words of the Lord. Not, not everyone who will say to me, Lord, Lord, will come into the kingdom of God, but who will do the will, obey the will of my Father. So, to my opinion, the most beautiful and important words which we have, or which we can say, are in our Father. Thy will be done. Thy, not my will. Thy mm -hmm. will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This should fill us with, with our deep desire, oh my God, all my life consists in doing uh, your will, not my, your will. And then mm -hmm. I will become happy, even in amongst sufferings, but I will do your will, and I will love your will, and then I will I will uh, receive so deep peace, which no one can give me, when I will evermore love the will of God, even accepting difficulties and the cross, but this will make me truly happy and my life um, with some very much uh, bearing fruits, uh, spiritual for he, this life and for eternity. Mm -hmm. So we have to preach this, that the people uh, should love to obey to, to the Lord. And the Lord said also in the gospel, I came not to, uh, to abolish the law, and, and, uh, but to fulfill the law. And if someone is teaching the, the people not to observe the law, and even if someone will teach to not to observe the smallest law, he will be called the, the, the smallest in the kingdom of God. So we Bishop Anthony Schneider, 
We only we only have a few minutes left, Your Excellency. I apologize for cutting you off, but there is there is one question in particular that we wanted to get to. So you have obviously the Catholic Church is universal. It is holy. It is meant to be one. Sadly, it seems to Joe and myself, there's a great divide in the Catholic world, or it seems to be uh, taking place in the Catholic world. Somebody claims to be a progressive Catholic who's, who's claiming to be a traditional Catholic. And of course, Your Excellency, we could go on. Stated clearly in the book of John, Jesus left us these words. He prayed to the Father and says that they may all be one as you and I, you and I are one. With that said, how can we best avoid these false labels, false identities, and simply live and worship as the one holy Catholic and apostolic church that Christ intended us to be. So we have, uh, Your Excellency, we have about four minutes or so. Well, we have to be simply Catholic. We have not to, to add something additional uh, quality. We are Catholic, and Catholic means, as St. Vincent of Lorenz in the 5th century, a church father said, what is Catholic? Catholic is what was always, always, all the ages, what was everywhere, and what all believed and practiced. So this is our faith. Catholic is to believe what always the church believed, always, not only in the, in the last decades, but always and everywhere and from all. So therefore, the, the, the weight of the tradition is, in, it's, it, it's another word for Catholic, to keep the faith of the apostles and to transmit this and to live, not only to believe, but to live also. This is also Catholic. So there is this connection. And therefore, we simply uh, do nothing at, to transmit what we receive. So St. Paul said, I gave you what I received, so from tradition. And this is the task of the church and every one of, of us also, that what we received from the saints, uh, from our forefathers, the simple, true, in integral Catholic faith, to transmit this to the next generation, to our children, to the next generation, and to be ready to suffer for the sake of this purity and integrity of faith. This is Catholic. And also not only believe and know the faith, but to, to worship according to the faith. So there are three things. To believe Catholic in a Catholic manner, to worship in a Catholic manner, and to live the life in a Catholic manner. This is inseparable. And this makes you a true Catholic. So therefore, we have to avoid these deficiencies and defects in faith. And the Catholic faith is not a fashion. It's not, uh, it's always the same. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The Catholic faith remains the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, will not change. And therefore, we have to be Catholic, simply Catholic. Thank you for that, Your Excellency. Uh, Your, Excellency Your Excellency, we have about about a minute or so left, a minute and a half. We'd love for you to, to for our audience, maybe some final words of encouragement. There's a lot of darkness in the world right now, Ukraine and Russia. You talk about, you mentioned earlier about how, how we offend God on a societal level uh, in all nations of the world, particularly America and Europe. How about some hopeful words? For our audience out there, we have about a minute, a minute and a half left. Yes. When we are with the Lord, united with Him, and doing His will, and loving Him, and adoring Him, we are already the winners in this situation. We have to be confident that we are, the Lord is with us, and we have not to be scared, no. Um, uh, we have to be hopeful because Christ is the winner, and our faith wins even the current crisis inside the church, within the church, and in the world, which, which is becoming ever more hostile against us, we are observing, but this should not scare us. We have to be confident and courageous, 
and saying, I am not afraid because Christ is with me and the church will, the gates of the hell will never prevail the church. Even it sometimes it seems that the gates of the hell is, are prevailing seemingly not, but they will not succeed. Even in this deep crisis of the church, we have the Lord, we have our lady, our mother, and we are under her mantle. We will consecrate ourselves to her immaculate heart, and she will keep us and the church in her heart. Your Excellency, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, thank you so much for all your wisdom. Thank you for writing this book, The Catholic Mass, Steps to Restore the Centrality of God in the Liturgy. We encourage all our listeners to go out and purchase the book at Sophia Institute Press. It is available, and I'm sure at other places online. So we really want to thank you uh, for that. Uh, your, your Excellency, would you give uh, us and our audience a final blessing, please? Yes. Dominus Vobiscum. Et cum spiritu et benedictio Dei Omnipotentis Patris, et Fili, et Spiritus Sancti, descendat super vos, et maniat semper. Amen. Amen. Praise thank be Jesus Christ. Now, now and, forever. and forever. Bishop Schneider, thank you so much for joining us, and we want to thank you all out there for joining us to the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. We want to thank you once again, and remember, until the next time that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.